Hello and welcome to the Leading Line podcast. Uh, Chris here, hope you're doing well, keeping safe. And I have, I've enjoyed the fact that SWPL is back. Um, I know that I did, and I know somebody else that did, and that's my good buddy, Campbell Finlayson, here once again to talk through the weekend's games. Uh, Campbell, first weekend back, how are you doing? I hate when you ask me this question every week, Chris, because I think <laughs> I say always it sounds ridiculous, but um, I know in terms of moving back, it's obviously it's good to be out there and doing what we've missed for the last seven or eight months, so... <laughs> in that aspect I'm very happy so yeah good and I'm going to keep asking you until I decide I don't want to and that's never going to happen so that's good um, we are also going to go with over the full SWPL card this weekend um, myself and Campbell were both at Glasgow Women against Stirling University and I headed over to Rangers v Hearts but we have both seen Glasgow City Celtic um, Campbell has seen Hibs Spartans and we've seen highlights from most of the other games as well. So we will do our best to cover everybody. But we are very conscious that I think this season, instead of trying to bluff it a little bit, Campbell, for some of the games we haven't seen, we want to kind of give focus to the ones that we can see the most of. I think that's probably fair to say, yeah? Yeah, makes sense. I think obviously there's a lot of games to cover and some of them kicking off at the same time and what have you makes it a bit difficult. But we'll get there and see what we can do. Yeah, so as long as we see coverage, we'll, we'll give it a chat, and which, which is what we're going to do today. And I think it only makes sense, Campbell, that we start um, at Broadwood. I think it's probably the biggest game of the weekend, Glasgow City against Celtic. Um, Glasgow City 2, Celtic 0. Um, by, from what I saw of it, so I got home just in time to see the last half hour before watching kind of the rest back a little bit later. Um, but from what I saw, Campbell, it seemed like Glasgow City were in control for most of that game, and it was, it was kind of a matter of time before they scored that opening goal. What was your take on it, kind of watching it in full? Yeah, it was one like obviously Celtic beating them in the game that began the season that never was it um, back in February there and it was one where you looked at it and thought Celtic could go and give Glasgow City a challenge obviously City having lost they're going to be losing some players or that could be a chance of a Celtic but City were excellent to be perfectly honest with you um, see, I'm not sure whether Rachel McLaughlin meant that first goal I think it's a cross but um, as you say it'd been a matter of time before then they'd had chance after chance and if it hadn't been for good finishing they would have won that game a lot more comfortably so once you get the first goal that kind of just that did settle it and then the cracking finish as well for the second one for Kirsty Howitt so it was a game where City were pretty much in control throughout and one where it's, I guess you would call it a shock if they were to get one given City's dominance in the last few years but they were they were well in control and say once they got the goal that sort of Completed it even more. I think the, the only thing for them is the three best players on the day were the two goal scorers, McLaughlin and Howitt, and Sam Kerr, and they're three players that will obviously be leaving in January. So that could be a slight worry for City, but I think to begin the season, they'll be delighted with three points, and Scott Booth will be very, very happy with that. I'm, uh, I'm glad you brought up the Rachel McLaughlin goal because um, I think in the commentary, it's, uh, I think Paulie McDonald's doing the co columns, and I think she said it was a bit of ingenuity from Rachel McLaughlin. I, I'm with, I think it was a cross. I don't, want to, I don't want to deprive, the, I mean, the goal stands, which is awesome for, for Rachel, but obviously, uh, for me, I think it was a cross, but it, it, it did, did, did the job in terms of breaking the deadlock for Glasgow City. Um, I think the thing that I took away from it was that once Celtic were down, they didn't look like they were going to kind of come back into it, Campbell. I thought, as you say, kind of Glasgow City controlled it, and then Kirsty Howitt scored a, a really good second goal. You've mentioned those three players going out. They did make an announcement today in terms of a player coming in. Um, and it's a, it's a good sign with those players going out in mind and Kaylin Michi coming from Patea, um, obviously formerly of Hibernian. Um, she's been spending the Sweden season in Sweden, not the Sweden season. Um, she's been spending the season in Sweden um, and she's going to come back to Scotland and play for Glasgow City signing in December. That's a signing that will help plug the gap. But before we talk about that, what was your thoughts on the Celtic performance on Sunday? 
Um, certainly, they were disappointing for me, and I think that was maybe expecting a wee bit more. Having seen them, as we're saying, I know it's a long time ago since they played, but it would have been a game where we know Celtic themselves. We've heard from Alonso in the build-up saying that these are the games they look at and go, we're not happy unless we're winning them. So they'll be very disappointed with the way they played. I think they just, I don't know what it was, they were just lacking something. City just seemed to be right up for it a bit more than Celtic were. And City were the team that created them. Celtic just, they never really got going. I mean, Tegan, Tegan Bowie, sorry, came off the bench. She was quite impressive and tried to run for a quite young player as well. But Rachel McLaughlin's experience helped in that. But she showed a bit of willingness to do something, which Celtic just seemed to be lacking throughout, really. And it's, Something to say, Fran will be happy with, and they'll, they'll look to work on. I know they've got a few new players and what have you in as well. They'll need to bed in, but overall, it was a pretty disappointing performance for Celtic. City were well deserved another three points. Yeah, I thought it was flat. Um, as, I, as I said already, especially when they kind of went down, it didn't, it lacked a bit of impetus and urge. And I think one of the things that you can say about Celtic is when they are on form, they do have that. And it just didn't seem to happen on Sunday at all. Um, let's talk about Kayla Mickey though, signing uh, signing for Glasgow City. Um, good signing. She's obviously a bit versatile as well, can play kind of fullback in midfield. Uh, do you think this is the kind of calibre player that Glasgow City are going to have to bring in to replace um, Rachel McLaughlin, Sam Kieran, Kirsty Howitt when they do move on at the back end of this year starting next? Definitely. I mean, when you're losing players as important as the three they're going to be losing, you have to bring in folk that have got experience at this level. And Kaylin's obviously got that. We've seen how useful she was at Hibs, one of the players that wasn't always mentioned as being one for creating a lot, but she always worked hard and brought something to the team that allowed the likes of like Jamie Lee Napier and players like that at the time further forward. So she's certainly one that will she'll work hard for City. And she's now got that experience as well of playing out in Sweden. It's a different league, went out there and tried that out and then come back here to a league again that she knows and playing at a big club at City. Scott Booth, um, in his words that were that City wrote about the signing, sorry, he was... Um, he said he tried to get her before, and now obviously managed to um, persuade her to come back to Sweden. And in the City against, we're saying City have obviously, we know how, how much dominance they've shown in Scottish football over the last decade and a bit. So it's one that they'll be very pleased with to bring in and care on herself. We'll know how better club she's going to. So there's, there's definitely players there that will improve City. And as much as we say losing those three won't help them, bringing in players like Kaylin will definitely be a big positive for them. Yeah, absolutely, but great start to the season for them, uh, getting that 2-0 victory. Um, yeah, so the I, one of the two games I was at at the weekend was Rangers against Hearts down at the RTC. Um, it was Rangers 5, Hearts 1. Um, it was pretty comfortable, um, Campbell, to be honest with you. Uh, Rangers kind of dominated throughout. Hearts were very well organised, and I would say for maybe about an hour, um, they were well in it. It was 2-1. Uh, Rangers had kind of got into a 2-0 lead, and then just after they scored the second goal, a bit of concentration slipped in, in the defence. Um, Jenna Fife came out, cleared the ball with a header, but as she was backtracking, Murren Cunning managed to get a, a kind of long lane shot over her. Uh, but I think there was kind of two standouts for me uh, from the range of performance. Well, three maybe actually. Um, I was speaking about it with somebody else um, yesterday. Um, I think that um, Lizzie Arnott was very much the, the go to for attacking impetus uh, for them. She kind of drifted inside towards the uh, back end of the game, but she was mainly playing out in the wing. Um, and it's probably fair to say that, that Claire Delworth on the right hand side probably got fed up of seeing her because it was relentless for the 87 minutes that she was on the park. Um, I also thought that Claire Gemmel actually had a really good uh, game in the centre of the park. Maybe one of the players that kind of just goes unnoticed in all the 
the, the fanfare that has been the, the quote-unquote Rangers revolution. Um, she's been a player that's been there for a long time. She's obviously the captain at the moment as well. And I thought she had a very composed um, performance in the midfield. And then Zoe Ness, who scored the hat-trick. Um, good to have a bit of, bit of opportunism for the first one, a well-taken second. And then I thought a really good third goal, which you can see on the Rangers women Twitter feed. Um, Rangers have got their highest bound to pay a lot at the moment. Um, that may change, it may not, I couldn't tell you. Um, but um, I thought the third, uh, her third was particularly good. Um, and after the game match, I spoke to Zoe to see how she felt kind of coming back from injury and what she said, had to say about the game in general. I was going to say, how, how has that recovery been for you over the last few months, especially given the circumstances it's been done in? Good and bad, I suppose. For any injured player in lockdown, it was great because you weren't missing anything. But I think... Injuries are quite isolated and lonely as they are, and I think even in lockdown it amplified it a hundred times. Um, but I think for me, I was just so focused on getting back from it that kind of everything's came at a really good time for me. So I'm back now, hundred percent. So just pushing on, and I guess sometimes you just got to go through them long, lonely times to get back playing with your team. And you can see how much happier and how much I'm enjoying it now. So I'm back. We also mentioned the pace around about you. Do you? How do you view your role in that? You've, I was a bit self-effacing and saying you didn't have much yourself, but how do you view your own team kind of going forward? I just try and keep up with them in training. <laughs> Whenever we're doing sprints, just try and keep up with them. Now the girls, like, we're starting to get a really good understanding and recognising who's got the speed, who's got holding up play, who can play in and around play. So I think the more games that we play competitively together, the more those relationships are going to kind of be a lot more obvious and a lot more strong. Um, much stronger but I think also with games the tougher they get the more teams will start figuring us out so the challenge is on us trying to figure out how we change that and how we go about it. And there are three different types of goals I think it's probably fair to say today uh, the third one I thought in particular was, was good um, are you always happy to score wherever you, wherever you can? Yeah I think probably a bit frustrated in the first half I've had a couple of just snatched chances so I think kind of the third one was making like making up for those ones that I really should have had um, but for me it's good but there's still more work to be done I think for a striker you always want to keep pushing trying to get as many goals under your belt as possible so yeah I'm pleased with kind of the variety of goals I've got. Campbell uh, you've just heard from Zoe there I think comfortable win for Rangers I think it's probably one we were expecting I think that's probably fair to say. Yeah I mean also the build-up we've had for Rangers over the last few months and there's been pretty little from Hearts in terms of who was even in their squad so it was one where they beat them 3-0 again at the start of the season that didn't begin so it was it was one that we as we say we expected you look at the, the squad they had and you look at even some of the players that were missing out they're players that would walk into pretty much every other team in Scotland so it's it was always going to be tough for Hearts but Rangers were very professional about it just saying they disappointed they gave away the goal was quite sloppy but other than that they've, They've worked their way to the victory that you'd expect, and it's the best way for them to start the season. And they'll hope they stay, stay up sorry, at the top end of the table. Going from what you were saying to me um, on Sunday and afterwards, it did seem a very comfortable performance, and that's obviously the way it turned out. So it's a great start of the season for Rangers, and they'll hope to continue that. I mean, in terms of the signing of Zoe Ness, uh, Campbell, I think it's probably fair that she is one that kind of went underneath the radar. Um, she's just been called up to the Scotland squad and we will be talking about the Scotland game a little bit later on as well. Um, but I think what, what really struck me in terms of the Rangers' performance on Sunday was that she was a very important part of it. She um, she was saying how she didn't think she had much pace compared with the people around the better because she had Lizzie Arnott down one side and Brogan Hay down the other. And then you have Nick Dockett and Emma Brownlee's kind of overlapping fullbacks. But um, yeah, I thought... I think she's going to be really important, especially when you consider like the players like Kirsty Howe aren't aren't going to be with them for a while. 
Um, it's just good to see a player kind of come back from that kind of injury and then kind of make an immediate impact, whether it be uh, for Rangers or, of course, Claire Shine kind of making her comeback for, for Glasgow City as well. It's always gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling inside, eh, Campbell? Yeah, it's always nice. I mean, when you come away from an injury, it's, it's never easy for anyone. So when you're coming back and getting the goal and getting a few goals into his case like that, it's always going to settle you. And it's good as well to, for a, a new start at a new club to go and get a hat-trick on your competitive debut and then go and get you these three points as well. She'll be very pleased with performance. You see, obviously, like Slizzy Arnett and Brogan here around as well. They'll create plenty for Rangers this season. And we've got a threat in pretty much every position. So it's, it's a great start for her coming back from her injury, but as well, you can see the team will get goals from all over the park. So it's a very good result, um, very good sign. And as I say, Rangers will be, they'll be very pleased with it. And hopefully these players can keep showing that form throughout the season and make it a real interesting season up at the top end of the table. Yeah. Um, in terms of Hearts, I think their battles will be on other days. Um, uh, what I will say is that they, as I said, they were very well organised for the kind of the opening hour. They just couldn't really get any forward impetus going at all. Um which unfortunately they have got some talented uh, players in that regard. Um, just a wee shout out, we just spoke about injuries. Uh, Ellis Dalglish had to go off. Um, it was suspected as a, a dislocated knee. It's a broken patella, which is going to keep her out for a long time, which is obviously kind of rubbish to hear. So all the best to Ellis in that regard. And not to kind of go into a game on a sour note, Campbell, let's move on to Hibs against Spartans. Um, and another player who's had, hasn't had an injury trouble to seek Shannon McGregor having to come off. Um, it's it's a bit of a, a bum note to the start of the season when you see players who have obviously waited so long to kind of come back to the game kind of have to kind of go away from it again, especially for, for injuries like the, like the ones that Ellis and uh, Pierre Shannon have, have got as well. You never want to get injured at any point, but for your first game of the season to be cut short with an injury like that, it's never great. I mean, Watching the Hibs game on Sunday, Shannon's one it was one of these kind of innocuous challenges. There wasn't really too much in it as she went to challenge for the ball. And then when you go down and you see a player that kind of stays down, you, you know it's a bad one and hope, hopefully it won't be too serious that it keeps it out for a real long period of time. But it, it didn't look great and it's, it's obviously not the start of the season that she'll want. The only positive for her, obviously, is that her teammates managed to hold out for the win. But it's, it's a disappointing start of the season for Shannon, certainly. Yeah, so this game was on BBC Sports Scotland website. Um, I thought I would be able to come home and see the highlight, well, watch it in full or at least see some highlights. Um, we are recording this on Tuesday night. That hasn't happened, which is pretty disappointing. Um, and I also think it's pretty disappointing the 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 summary that was on the BBC Sports Scotland website for the opening weekend of the SWPL season. Six, uh, six sentences isn't good enough. Uh, and that's a fact. You can't champion the game and then do that as a as a kind of counterweight to it. But talking about the game that was broadcast, I'll get off my soapbox now, Campbell. Um, but um, talking about the game that was broadcast, 2-1 Hibs, uh, early goal from Ailey Adams uh, before Becky Elbeth, who had a pretty good run of it in February, um, got an equaliser. Uh, and then our kind of returning combo of Rachel Boyle and Carl Boyce got the winner for Hibs. What was, what was your take on the game, having kind of seen it all? It was an entertaining game, actually. It was one that was kind of end-to-end. And I mean, Hibs and Spartans are always a good couple of good sides to watch, especially against each other with it being a derby game there. And Hibs to get an early goal, I mean, a much-changed Hibs side, obviously. It's good for Ailey as well to get to get a goal to start the season. Um, and the Hibs, you were thinking maybe going in control for there, but Spartans, to their credit, as I say, really gave Hibs a game and then obviously got their goal back. I'm not sure it was Beckham that got the final touch. I think it was a Charlotte Potts on goal who... Despite that, did impress for Hibs. She looked very sort of, sort of solid, composed at the back, in the absence of Joel Money for Hibs. So that was a positive for them as well. But 
the actual goal to go and win it, um, Rachel Boyle getting it was two corners that ended up working out for the goals. So it was a, a kind of good bit of ingenuity from her actually just to cut the ball back to Carla Boyce and it's a great finish from her to get her first goal. So it's it's good for Hibs that they're getting these players some confidence and getting the goals to, to try to kickstart their season. And Spartans will be disappointed with the result, but they'll certainly be pleased with how they played. There was a lot of positives for them to take as well. As I said, a lot of young players, but they're a side that does. They've got a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of vigour about them. And I don't see them having too many problems this season. So it was, it's a tough one to take for them to go in and lose it. But it was a game where Hibs probably just slightly edged it, but it was very entertaining and one that, just a shame, as you said, you couldn't watch yourself afterwards. But it was a cracking game. And of course, there's French Stewart as well, was on the commentary. Yeah, it's always good to see Stuart Mitch Sports uh, on the desk. So that's, that's always great. Got a question for you then. Having watched the Glasgow City Celtic game and the Hibs Spartans game, Hibs have been a team that have kind of, I think, dropped out of the conversation for a lot of people in terms of the, the title race. What, where do you think they lie after? And it's only one game, caveat it with that. But um, where, where did you think they kind of lay when you kind of watch those two games kind of back to back? Well, of course, I went through a sort of preview thing and with City, had, City can produce performances like that. They'll definitely obviously be up there losing the players, I think. Will hamper them and obviously only strengthen Rangers, so I still have Rangers as favourites for the league. There, Hibs um, were a lot more impressive than Celtic were. I know they've lost to them a couple of times pre- in the last season, uh, lost them sorry last season, but Hibs and Celtic will both kind of look at that and go, We could easily be challenging. They'll, they'll both fancy themselves for the title. I think on the performances at the weekend, neither would be top, but they'd certainly be up in that position. And I think for any of them, they all know it's, they all know it's going to be tough. Um, all four of those sides could have really good seasons you couldn't end up coming down to who can be the most consistent but Hibs as I say, it's a very positive start for them one for City as well and given they've been the top two they'll both fancy they can do that again but obviously Rangers and Celtic being in there will make it tougher so it's a long season to come but it's one where both Hibs and City will be pleased with their starts to the campaign yeah, absolutely. Um, last game in SWPL1 was 4 for Farmington against Motherwell. Uh, 4 for Farmington winning 4-2. This game was broadcast on 4 for TV. They've stuck some of the highlights up on the Twitter. Um, a double, two doubles, well, actually three doubles in this game, Campbell. Um, doubles for London Pollard and Donna Patterson, both who had scored a few goals in pre-season. I know London Pollard is definitely one that uh, we kind of ha- kind of mentioned in the preview podcast. Um, purely because she's definitely seems to be up and coming. I think she's only 16, uh, but scored two goals on SWPL uh, debut uh, is big. Donna Patterson's obviously one of the players that's been around the fourth for a little while. Uh, Lauren Gallen, the double for Motherwell. Um, I don't know about you, Campbell, but I feel a little bit kind of a, a little bit justified in the fact that we tipped that Forfra could do well this season. That's a that's a strong statement to make against a team like Motherwell who are who are had a pretty solid season last season. Yeah, I mean, those are the games that Forth will look at and target. Motherwell as well, they will both target them as the games ago, right? We should be winning these ones. And given Motherwell had the edge in the games previously last season, Forth will be delighted to go on and win that. And to get four goals for a team that never really scored too many, to go and score four on the opening day is great for them. It's obviously good as you're seeing for the two players to get their doubles. And Forth made um, their goals available to view this morning. And there were some well-worked goals in them, to be fair. There's a lot of, a lot of good play from them. And it's a, it's a good start of the season for them, seeing themselves that high up the table. They'll look at their games where they like against the likes of Motherwell Hearts, Spartans, as the sort of matches that they're thinking, right, let's go and get points here. And if they play like they did on Sunday, from what we've seen anyway, then they'll definitely be able to, um, should be up there. So hopefully, as we're saying, the predictions will be justified. And if I like to be wrong, but I think in this case, it's one where so far anyway, we've been proved right. And I think Forth will be delighted with their start of the season as well. So it's, 
a great win for the side, as we're saying, that are used to being down sort of the bottom end, and hopefully for them they can change that this season. Yeah, I mean, it's worth remembering last season, for for Farmington, the only team they beat were still in university, who finished bottom of the table. Um, so to get this win of kind of first off the bat is, is huge for them. Um, and yeah, I think in general, before we get into kind of sliding test with PL2, in general, I thought the, the preview coverage from the clubs was really good. It was great that clubs were making attempts to kind of get their games out there. Um, as I said, there's, there's things that can be better, especially from broadcasters who are bigger and have bigger budgets and have kind of made a big deal about what they're doing. Um, so yeah, but I think good start. And obviously Alba, Alba have always supported women's football in Scotland. I think their coverage, people have their opinions about watching football with the Gaelic commentary. I understand those opinions, but I think they do a good job of it as well. And it felt like a, it felt like a bit of a big deal um, this weekend, which is great. Um, and it also felt like a big deal in SWPL2, Campbell. And we started our season with the very first kick of the SWPL season, um, like we ended the season, the very last one of the the season that never was, um, down at New Tinto Park, new home of Glasgow women as they took on Stirling University. Um, I think we were pretty entertained, Campbell, it's fair to say. Yeah, it was a game where I mean, Glasgow women were well deserving of their win, and obviously they said they got an early goal in each half that kind of helped them. Their only disappointment, I was told on Sunday as well, was the fact they didn't score more. I mean, they were really entertaining to watch. What was highlighted, Lucy Ronald over the weekend there has been a crucial player and she proved that in Sundays we both commented on during the game just how composed she looked and I mean their whole midfield four even um, on Saturday was obviously Adam McDonald Sunday sorry it was Adam McDonald Lucy Ronald Siobhan Honeyman and Tara McGonagall and that's a very good midfield for that level of football and then going forward as we've seen they've scored plenty of goals well and these girls will score goals you look at the team it is young but they've got that experienced core straight through from Joanna Addy at the back Siobhan as I've mentioned and then Susie McTaggart up front. These players will really help out with the youngsters and they're all very, very talented as we've seen. And they really were impressive on Saturday. Stirling were pretty disappointing, to be honest, but Glasgow women really were an exciting team to watch. They weren't challenged too much at the back, so that's something they need to be careful of just when they're up against teams that are more likely to cause them problems. But going forward, they'll be delighted with that. And if they can show that this season, they'll definitely score plenty of goals. And I think... I was just speaking to Craig, Lucy and Tara after the game. They were delighted at the start of the season, and rightly so, because they, they were, really were very impressive and probably should have been more than four goals, but there's, there's not really much else they can complain about, and it was an enjoyable game for us to start the season with as well. Yeah, I, th- I think it was an exciting performance from them. I, I think you're right. I think Stirling University seemed like a team that maybe are still coming together in terms of personnel. We know they made a couple of... Uh, and it's a uh, player announcements quite late. I, I mean, lots of teams did that in SWPL2, to be fair. But um, I think it, it just had the feeling that maybe they aren't quite complete yet um, in that regard. So, yeah, I think you're right to point out that as excited as Glasgow women were going forward, they weren't really tested at the back. And a couple of times they were, that it wasn't perfect, I think, a, a way of saying it. Um, but yeah, I thought they were really good. Um, Abby McDonald scored the first goal of the SWPL season. So when you're listening to the SWPL quiz of the year, uh, Kind of in like eight months' time, remember that it'll come up. Um, and then Lucy Ronald, as you mentioned, she didn't get on the score sheet, but she was at the center of a lot of things. I wrote about her for the website, so we'll go, and, go and have a wee read of that. But the second goal kind of came from her. Um, good work on the edge of the box, Susan McTiger. And then she was kind of denied by a sterling foot, otherwise, it would have been a goal for her. It was an own goal. Um, a really good third as well. I mean, McDonald uh, getting a cross ball in and Tara McGonagall. Smashing it, I think it's fair to say. And then a wee volley from Susie McTaggart just after after halftime kind of killed the game. Um, we spoke to Craig, uh, Craig Joyce, the Glasgow coach after the match, and this is what he had to say about Lucy and the squad as a whole. 
both Chris Purcell there commented as well and Lucy Arnold's just looked so composed in the middle of the park how crucial do you think she'll be for your side this season? I think Lu- Lucy is a big player um, for such a young player she's got so much composure and such a calm head on her um, I, I don't want to big her up too much because she's still got a lot of work to do but I think um, she's one that's willing to go and work and willing to graft and willing to learn and, and she's such an intelligent player as well and very rarely wasted all so I think I think she's massive. Uh, as are a few of them, but since she's highlighted, her will give as one. Obviously, it's a very young squad. Do, do you have to approach that differently? Obviously, your background is with the development side of Glasgow City. Prior to that, do you feel like you do more coaching? Even today, I could see yourself and Ian are getting right into it in terms of some of the instructions going out in the park. Aye, I think sometimes that's a passion coming out of me, to be honest with you. Um, I've got quite high standards for them, and, and they've got high standards of themselves. And if I don't see something, then I'm not scared to to let them know. Um, sometimes you do need to coach them a wee bit more, but that's also the case with the more senior players like Joe Addy and Siobhan Honeyman and, and uh, Jade Wilson and Susie. Like they, they're older, but they still appreciate that wee bit of coaching as well. And, and sometimes you just need to get them a bit level again because it went three quite quickly going into that first half towards the end date and you need to bring them back down a wee bit again. But no, I think everything's just as normal. Well, it seems normal to me, maybe different to you guys, but it seems normal to me. Um, I tell you what, we'll mention one other player. Abby McDonald obviously scored the first goal of the SWPL season this yes. season, and she also assisted her, which is a really good third goal for you. Mm. Um, you've brought in a lot of players obviously from the development sides. I take it that was something you had in mind in terms of the, the team going forward. It was. Um, ideally, we would have liked some more senior players in, but they've they've chosen to go to uh, other clubs and taken up different options, and that's fine. Um, but we we wanted players that we knew who'd maybe dipped a toe in at that level. Uh, and were hungry and, and wanted more of it. So, again, Abby McDonald's fantastic. She's got a great attitude and works ever so hard. But as you've seen, she's got real quality when she puts her mind to it. And for the first goal, she never stopped. The press never stopped. Um, she drove through and she got a finish. And she scored that. She actually scored the first goal for us last week uh, in a friendly, and she was over the moon. So, this one actually means something. So, might mean a bit more to her. But it was a great ball in for the third goal as well. It's a fantastic delivery. Um, but she's another quality player as well. Uh, for one of Glasgow women, that means that they end of the weekend in SWPL2 SWPL2 I got that right there oh, amazing uh, SWPL2 uh, is top of the table um, I think probably the game of the weekend was up at Cormac Park um, Aberdeen 4 Dundee 93 seen a couple of clips of this one um, haven't seen anything in full yet but uh, we know that uh, Mark Gordon's up there covers Aberdeen um, and we've got a couple of people that have Dundee United um, Dundee United went 2-0 quite quickly double through Tammy Harkin uh, but Aberdeen came back into it before uh, Dundee United put another goal up to go 3-2 up with five minutes to go uh, but a goal from Bailey Hutchison and then a 94th minute winner from Eva Thompson so completed a comeback 4-3 win for Aberdeen I think Campbell we both said that if it was a bit closer given the world that we live in just now if it was a bit closer we probably would have tried to take this game in because it seemed like a, a, an interesting one on paper and it seems like it certainly was an interesting one come game time yeah, it turned out that way. I mean, obviously, we were kind of getting updates as we were at Newtonto and United started really well, just seeing getting a couple of goals up. But Aberdeen have come into this, having won um, the lower league, sorry, beforehand to come up to it. They've not really got any pressure on them, so they can go out and enjoy themselves. And obviously, a very, very entertaining game and one that we would have been at otherwise, as you're saying. So, I mean, United were really disappointed. I think going 2 nothing up and then 3-1 up to throw two-goal lead away twice in the game. Just totally inexcusable from them. So they they will be really disappointed with that. But for Aberdeen to show that character that they did to come back twice I was saying and then it's a cracking goal for Eva Thompson um, he pinched off his time to win it it's great for them and one that's a good start for a team coming up they'll 
maybe not look to emulate United as such, but they can look at them from last season as being a team that's just been promoted. For United to finish third, that was pretty much the best they could hope for last season. So Aberdeen will look at that. And we've maybe not tipped them so much as we have some other sides, but if they can beat these sort of teams and they look at it and go, this season there's obviously two automatic uh, promotion spots, they'll be thinking, well, is there any reason why we can't go and get one of these? So it's I say, very early in the season, obviously we're talking about that, but to come back twice as they have done, Obviously, they'll be very, very happy with that. And as I say, it's a great start of the season for them. So, yeah, hopefully Aberdeen and United, when they've got some games down here, we'll be able to actually get and see them a bit more. Obviously, as you're saying, yeah, it's, it's easier for us to see sort of the Glasgow teams and the West sort of teams, given where we are and what's going on. But it'll be good to see Aberdeen and United when they come down this way. And I think they'll both be fairly happy. United, not obviously with the result, but there'll certainly be plenty of positives for them to take. Scoring three goals is always good, but... I think a bit like Glasgow women going forward, United won't have any problems, but it's maybe defensively where they'll possibly need to look at. I am um, so the, that's going to be a sort of aim. We've, we know that they've said they're looking to strengthen there. They've, they've made some good signings. Obviously, Rebecca Foot from St Johnston was a real positive one, and they'll hope that they can get better in quite quickly and sort out their defence. And if United can do that, then I don't think they'll have any problems scoring goals. But they will be disappointed not taking anything from that game on Sunday. Yeah, I think you're right to say that, especially obviously going into the league that they did. I, I remember the kind of the, the updates coming through and I was like, oh, they're 2-0 up already. That's quite quite surprising. But yeah, I mean, Aberdeen have done this before, though, if, if I remember rightly. they pretty sure they got a, an SWPL Cup win against Hearts kind of very late on um, earlier well, earlier this year as well. So yeah, I think it's definitely two teams that are very very keen to see, hopefully, in the not-too-distant future. Um, let's move on to Hamilton Ackies against Birmingham Thistle. Um, Hamilton... Uh, I think we've both tipped them, so let's let's call it call a spade a spade. We've both tipped them to kind of win the title this season. Um, steady start, three one win against Birmingham Thistle. Two penalties from Amy Anderson and a Chloe Muir goal. I think probably Beth McLeod's goal for for Birmingham Muir was a pick. Um, there was highlights up there as Aki's always do, which is, makes our life a little bit easier in that regard. Um, pretty solid win, I think. Uh, afterwards, when I was watching the interviews post match, I think Gary Doctor said it was just kind of a job of getting the points and getting up the road. It wasn't anything flashy, but. I think sometimes in this league, and we've we've talked about this a lot, maybe getting non-flashy wins is maybe the way to kind of get your way to the top of the table. Yeah, I mean, you need to win the games that are tougher for you when, when teams are making it hard like that. And Aki's would be pleased, obviously, to get the win, but they were pretty sluggish, to be honest. It was a game that was streamed live, so I managed to sort of split-screen that with the City and Celtic match. And they weren't poor as such, but... We're used to seeing Aki's been quite free-flowing and always creating a lot, but Boromir were very, very solid defensively and as much as going forward, they didn't really trouble Aki's too much. They were a side that did make it difficult for them. Aki's were pretty slow and then they obviously needed two penalties to get a two-goal lead, two silly tackles really, that they didn't need to give away, but as I just say, getting the points is all that really matters for Hamilton, so in that regard, they'll be happy, but I say we know what Gary and Bobby Watson there are like. We know how they like their side to play and we know that they they sort of demand more from their team and I think they'll get that over the season but they were they weren't quite the Ackies that we're used to seeing but it's three points I suppose that's all they can really ask for Yeah I mean it's it's early in the season for all these teams and so some report some reports some performances will be stronger than others because teams are at different levels and all kinds of things but yeah uh, that'll be an important win and it's an important win for Partick Thistle as well um, when 3-0 away to Queen's Park with some Eleanor Smith Cheryl Rigdon and Emily Faulkner Pretty comfortable. Um, Queen's Park brought in a lot of players. Um, well, 
they announced a lot of players, but I think some of them have been there for maybe for a wee while. But it seems like they are going to be a better proposition than I think maybe we thought they were going to be when we look back to the start of this year. Uh, still a disappointing result, but a good start for part of this. So obviously, I am a lot of fanfare behind Brian Graham, uh, Ricky Forster, and Ross Dorkett coming as the management team. Uh, but that's the kind of result the part of this will kind of want. As I think they're very ambitious to push towards the top of the table this season. Yeah, I mean, obviously you've heard. Brian and Ricky, and you're saying this, they're obviously part of this role. They're aiming for promotion themselves with the men's side, and they've said openly they want to do that with the women's team as well. And wins like that, where you're winning pretty comfortably, you've kept the clean sheet, and you've scored a few goals, they'll be absolutely delighted with that. Brian, as you heard in his interview, was, I think, watching the highlights of that, Thistle seemed to have more of the play and obviously got the three goals in the second half. Maybe a bit like Glasgow women, they'll be disappointed it wasn't more, but it's a very solid start of the season for them, so they can't really complain too much. Um, Queen's Park just saying, yeah, there's, we both mentioned Chloe Dockery as one of the better signings of the season and they've got a squad there where obviously you know how hard it can be to bed in all these new players, but if they can get some of these players performing and they can work out some good um, some, like a good rapport with each other, then there's no reason why Queen's won't make it tougher teams. They held this for a good while there on Saturday, but I think this have got a lot more experience, if you want to call it that, where they'll be able to kind of grind out these victories. If so, I think 3-0 in the end was probably about fair from what we've heard and what we've been able to see but it's one with Queen's so they will take positives from it as well they're at home again at the weekend so it's they're going to look at their home form as something to maybe try and help them to uh, sort of get through the season but it's a very positive season from a party official point of view and as I say Brian Graham and uh, his management team as well they'll be able to continue that both from a personal point of view and from the women's team point of view so yeah very positive start at party official yeah, absolutely. Um, there was one other game scheduled this weekend, which was Kilmarnock against St Johnston, but uh, unfortunately due to some uh, positive COVID tests and that, is, that was postponed. Um, hopefully everybody's keeping well and, and everybody's uh, looking after themselves. Um, there is no SWPL1 games next week because the Scotland game uh, is coming up this weekend, which we are about to talk about. But in SWPL2, the current fixtures as they stand are Kilmarnock against Hamilton, Burnham Thistle against Aberdeen, uh, Partick Thistle Dundee United, Queen's Park Glasgow Women and Stirling University against St Johnston. Obviously keep abreast of that via the SWPL website, it's the easiest way to do it, um, to be honest with you. So yeah, just keep a wee eye on that. Um, but let's switch from domestic matters to international football, Campbell. Uh, SWNT are back. Um, they are playing Albania on Friday night at Tynecastle before travelling to Helsinki to play Finland on Tuesday. Um, to Pretty big games. Um, first of all, before we kind of talk about them a little bit, uh, good to have the national team back after obviously last month's postponements. Yes, yeah, um, Scotland obviously there's been a lot of positivity over the national side in the last few years. So for them to hopefully continue that is something they'll definitely need to get. There's, there's been a few lot of players coming out, and there's been a lot of SWPL involvement in bringing that in. And it's two games where they'll look at and go, these are games we have to be winning. Albania obviously at home, we've beaten them before. We beat them away to qualify for the World Cup a couple of years ago, so they'll be looking for three points there, and if they can get that, that will certainly give them plenty of confidence for their trip to Scandinavia next week against a Finnish side who won't be easy to beat. They say they're one of the sides you looked at, probably along with Portugal, as being the other two teams in the group that would make it tough for Scotland. And Scotland will go there and know if they can come away with wins like here, then that's obviously going to be a huge step for them in terms of qualification, but it's two matches to look at as winnable. Hopefully we can get six points from them. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's let's talk about the game against Albania on Friday night. Um, we did a podcast when Shelly Kerr announced her squad. Um, there has been a few withdrawals and a, a few of the marquees. So Kim Little, Jen Beatty and Chloe Arthur have all pulled out through injury. Uh, coming in are Zoe Ness, Rachel McLaughlin and Amy Muir all had good weekends in SWPL this weekend. Um, I think it's fair to say, Campbell, that the Albania game... We expect a win in that one. I think anything other than that would be disappointing, even though if you were to ask a player or Shelley, they will dance around it, which is obviously the, the polite thing to do, but we don't have to do that. I think anything other than a win against Albania would be disappointing, Campbell. Yeah, I mean, there's, you always get them in these sort of qualification groups. We all know there's, the way the pots work, there's always going to be one or two weak teams that you look at and less than six points from them over the two games you play against them. Would talk pretty much be unacceptable to Scotland. Don't know that themselves. They're, they're not daft. They're professional enough to go out there and get the job done. I don't see them having too many problems, but you need to keep that sort of professional head on. I say they'll hopefully get through that. Meaning, if we get through that three point clean sheet, if possible, and injury free ahead of the game against Finland, which will be more of a task, but they've played and beaten better sides before. And they'll look at Finland and think there's no reason why we can't beat them. There's quality right through that Scotland squad, even with some of the players pulling out. So there's there shouldn't be any confidence issues on that side and they'll hope to go as we're saying pick up the two wins won't be easy but Albania is one you should definitely be looking to win and Finland as well the sort of games you have to go and win if you want to qualify for these major tournaments Yeah absolutely I mean I need to ask because obviously Kim Little is a Scotland legend that we talk about her a lot in the podcast when we talk about Scotland I know I've written about her as well Jen Beattie is one of our starting centre-backs and Chloe Martha provides some versatility that in some things we don't have um, how big a loss are they, especially for the game against Helsinki? Uh, I'm probably thinking in particular Kim and, Kim and Jen. Well, they're a big loss, but they, you look through the, the players that we've got there to replace them, and there's still loads of experience. Obviously, the likes of, as you're saying, Rachel Corsi at the back has been the captain, he has been playing the high levels now back in England. There's the likes of Hannah Godfrey coming in as well. Martha Thomas is finally back, having been out a bit. She's been playing again for West Ham. And then out in the middle of the park again, Kim Little may be coming out, but there's still plenty of players in there that have played at this level before. They know exactly what's got to be done. They've got the experience. And there shouldn't be too much of a loss to Scotland. We've coped without them for previous ties. And Scotland will look at it and see Shirley will know she's got players in there that can take over once these guys are out, once these girls are out, sorry. And if they can fix that, if they can, sorry, they can replicate them, then we shouldn't really have too many problems, I wouldn't imagine. Yeah, I mean, one of those players is uh, Lucy Graham, who has had a, a storm start to the season um, with Everton. Uh, played five games, scored four times, uh, got a couple of assists as well. Um, I spoke to her this morning at one of the press calls. Um, I asked her how it's been playing for a side so informing, being the captain and having so much new international quality around to develop her, before asking her what her expectations were ahead of the game against Albina this Friday. Um, here's what she had to say. Yeah, you know what? It's, it's brilliant because... The versatility of players, the different personalities that you have to deal with, uh, or I say you have to deal with, you, you get to experience, um, is brilliant. You know, the, the girls that we brought in, I think Willie's, Willie's created a great atmosphere and a, a great, one of his main points is that you have to be a good person before you even get in his team. So I never really experienced con, like much controversy. Um, you know, all the girls are brilliant. All the girls are really, really nice. We're all pulling in the same direction. Um, obviously, these players are experienced in terms of international level as well. Um, so, you know, they, they know how to handle themselves. They've been through it. They've done it. Um, and if I'm honest, you know, it's it's great. Every, everybody takes um, takes their own kind of leadership responsibilities as well. 
Um, and I think that's important. It doesn't just come from one or two players. It comes from um, a real group of players. It's a, it's a real kind of close-knit team. I mean, looking ahead to Friday night, obviously Albania at Tynecastle. What are you expecting? It's a team that Scotland have got some very recent experience of facing as well. I mean, what are you expecting as a player? Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, the games are, are really, really important. Um, that they're huge games for us. Um, it's really unfortunate, obviously, that um, a few, a few get, the girls have to drop out, like say Kim and and Jen. You know, they 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 provide a lot of experience and a lot of quality in their team. Um, but you know, I think Shelley's um, kind of like got together a really a really good squad here. So, um, one disappointment for somebody else is a, is another person's opportunity. So, yeah, we're we're all going at the game, really looking forward to them. Um, and yeah, hopefully get some positive results. Okay, Campbell. Um, we've heard from Lucy. We've kind of had a little bit of chat about it. Let's get a prediction for Friday night from you. Um, what's the score going to be? Four mm, 0 Scotland. Four 0 Scotland. Um, I think yeah. I think there's a, a as. I mean, part of me would love them to replicate the Cyprus game. I think it's slightly... Albania are a step up from Cyprus, I think that's fair to say. And I think we are coming into off of the back of a period where a lot of the WSL players have been playing a lot and a lot of the SWPL players haven't been playing very much. So it'll be interesting to see how Shelley mixes that squad. But yeah, I, I'm going to say, to be different, I'm going to say 5-0, just to be different, because why not? Um, so yeah, that game is on BBC Alva on Friday night uh, as it's on Thing Castle and the uh, Finland game on Tuesday, which we might do something separate on. I haven't decided yet. Um, uh, uh, on Tuesday night is also on BBC Alva. That's a quarter past four kickoff. Um, so just want to bear in mind if you go looking for it. But um, I think that wraps it up for this week, Campbell. Um, thank you very much for coming on as always. Um, um, hope you had an enjoyable time. <laughs> I was just good to be back, Chris, talking about these things. You have missed it over the time we've had off, so to be back at a game there and have another game or two to look forward to at the weekend is always is always enjoyable. So it's good to be back and hopefully we'll get more excitement, as we're saying, when we're watching the games over the rest of the season. Yeah, hopefully I'll be able to get over to Tynecastle um, for the game on Friday night. And if not, I'll definitely be at an SWPL2 game this weekend, as I know you will be too as well, Campbell. But for now, yeah. thank you for... Yeah, yeah. Of course he is. There he goes. <laughs> Pleasant to be back now. He's jumping in sentences and everything. Um, but yeah, um, thank you very much for listening. I uh, appreciate everybody who's given it some support over the last kind of month or so. It's really kind of taken off a little bit. So that's very much appreciated. Please tell other people about it. Women's football is important in Scotland. It's growing. It's pretty good at the moment too. So let's keep that momentum. Uh, but thank you very much for listening. Stay safe and we'll speak again soon. 